said that'll take care of quite a bit of stress problems. You know, uh, you know, in, in the presence of God, there is, there is no stress. I don't know if you knew that. In the presence of God, there is no tension. Come on. Now, you might have you came on in there with some, but you hang out with him a little while, pretty soon all the tension goes, all the stress goes, all the anxiety, all the fatigue, all those things that basically are just synonyms of stress. And uh, so today I want to talk about this thing about the presence of God. And so what I'm going to do is kind of do a little bit of a build-up here. Um, a few of these things we've taught on before, a few, few fresh things, a few fresh nuggets here today too. But uh, I'm going to verse 8 of chapter 3. And this, of course, is after the fall. This is after um, Adam and Eve uh, did what they did. The serpent deceived them and, and everything that happened there. And uh, so then <coughs> just, just some... Really, we're just going to kind of dissect this verse, and it says this, And they heard the sound of the, Lord walk, uh, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, um, uh, uh, probably in the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So, uh, you know, there's just a lot being said in here. Obviously, this was a common thing, and we're going to see here in just a minute that God would come and commune with them. The word here, uh, and they heard... Everybody say they heard, okay, which was common. They heard the sound of the Lord God. Now, the word sound here is the word actually just means voice. In fact, you might even have a cross-reference that says that. Um, it's, uh, you know, it just says voice. And uh, uh, so when you stop and you think about it, you know, all through Scripture, even you know, plenty of places in the New Covenant, even like um, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4, Hebrews 12 all talks about, you know, the voice of God. He says, today if you will hear his voice. So it's a daily thing. God's wanting to commune on a daily basis. Come on. Amen. So God, you know, that started from the very get-go. He communed with, with his man, uh, communed with Adam and Eve, amen, uh, from the get-go on a daily basis, amen. So they heard the voice of the Lord or the sound of the, of the Lord. Uh, in other words, God talking, God God communicating with them. Um, how many know God knew what happened? He didn't come into the garden ignorant of what happened. Come on. I thought that's interesting because, you, know, you know, sometimes we have certain thoughts about, you know, when you blow it and everything. And even in the garden here, he still came down to commune with them. Amen. Now, it's a different ball game, of course. Amen. The verse prior to this, you know, they... It, you know, recognize that they were naked and they went and fig, uh, stiffed fig leaves together. That's just kind of man's attempt to try to cover themselves. Come on. A lot, a lot of type and shadow in that. A lot of things that you can learn out of that, too. Uh, but, but it's a common thing. Here comes God talking to them. All right. And it says, and, and he heard, they heard the sound or the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. Now, the word walking here uh, is pretty key. Uh, it means to be conversant. Okay, to, to keep company or association with, all right? Speaks of conversation. Literally, literally, when you break it down, it means informal talk. So God came down to do what he always does and just informal talk, just commune. A friend with a friend. Come on, right? I mean, sometimes, you know, we, we don't realize how simple it is to commune with God. How simple it is just to, you know, move into the presence of God, commune with God, and get, get accustomed to that place, amen? And the first thing we're trying to do here is trying to show you that it really isn't a complicated thing, all right? We make it, we overcomplicate it, and God's just looking to 
to commune with you, just to talk with you, to fellowship with you. Amen. A lot of people get, they get all worked up thinking God, every time they go talk to God, God's going to, you know, make them change something in their life or make them move to Timbuktu or something and, you know, go to, you know, minister in Africa or something. You know, I mean, whatever. I mean, everybody's kind of got their mentality that or they think God's always mad at them or something, you know, and, and, uh, and I don't know if you know this, God's not mad at you. Religion says God's mad at you. Come on, and that's just their attempt to get you to straighten up. Come on, somebody. But God's not mad at you. He loves you. He's so in love with you that he sent his only begotten son. Just because you blew it even after you accept him doesn't mean he stopped loving you. That love has never changed. Your acceptance has never changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, your sin or your mistake or whatever is going to affect you, but based on what, you know, where you're at with it, not based on where God's with it or at with it. Amen? Does that make sense? So all I'm saying is that we're trying to, we're trying to show you first and foremost uh, that the way that this whole thing went down, here they are hiding from the presence of God. It, it's, it, there's a lot of stuff you can glean out of this because we've, we're guilty of this kind of same stuff. All right? We're just maybe not standing in the garden. And so anyway, so, uh, so he, he's, they heard the sound or the voice of the Lord walking in the garden, all right, to come to commune with them, come to fellowship with them. Now, I thought maybe I'd just take a moment on this because when you, when you stop and you look at our patriarchs of faith, uh, men and women of God that, you know, really uh, go down in history as, as men and women of faith, um, you know, they kind of in that faith hall of fame, uh, you know, in he Hebrews 11 and, and uh, actually other places mentioned in their lives. You just see all the great feats that they did. They all have this in common. I mean, every one of them have this in common. They walked with God. So they all talked with God. They all communed with God. Amen. And the other thing that you'll find, another thing, if you can kind of maybe just toss another little nugget in there, uh, they all referred to God as the living God. Because they communed with him to the point that he was accessible. They realized it, and he was touchable, accessible. Amen. Uh, did I say it right? Accessible. 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 Incessible. Oh, no, I don't. Anyway, you know what I mean. Anyway, he could be approached. How's that? That work? So uh, that was, they all realized that. They all understood that. And so that, that made a difference. So, so all these patriarchs of faith who walked with God, like Enoch, okay, the word said he had this testimony that he pleased God. Noah uh, found favor or grace or favor uh, in the eyes of the Lord. Abraham was called the friend of God or a dear companion of God. David was a man after God's own heart. Moses was the meekest above all other men on earth. Joshua, the word says, he was a faithful servant full of the spirit of wisdom. Caleb was a man of a different spirit in him who uh, chose to follow God fully. These are all things that were said about them, but what else? They were all had this in common. They walked with God. They just talked with God. They communed with God. Amen. So we're seeing it start here in the garden. Amen. Now, of course, at this time, the, uh, you know, Adam and Eve had already kind of blown it. And, uh, but God, here comes God still to, to commune with them in the garden in the cool of the day. Everybody say the cool of the day. Okay, so let's define that, okay, uh, the cool of the day. So uh, the word here, the cool, ruach, is the word. It just means wind or by resemblance breath. In fact, some of your cross-references even say breath. So in other words, God came down, amen, to commune with them, literally to breathe on them on a daily basis. And it literally says, of the day, which refers to daily. So in other words, in the garden, 
in the, here we go, in the breath of the day. That's how it's meant to work. All right, uh, put uh, Genesis 2-7, because this is where, you know, it says, and he, he breathed, you know, the word says he breathed into the nostrils uh, the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, the word here, uh, nostrils, if you, it just means the face of. So literally, he breathed in the face, okay? So, I mean, we kind of get that, I guess. Uh, breathed into the face of, of man, and then uh, the breath of life, which is the same deal. They're talking about the breath or the, amen, the wind, the breath of God, amen. And man became a living being, all right? Literally means a speaking spirit. Now, the point is, is that that's what he did every day. Going to come and commune, basically what he did, he breathed on them every day. Breath of God was there. Amen. Uh, Job in uh, 32, Elihu, of course, well, you know, many times when I talk about him, I, he's one of my favorites. I uh, enjoy this young man. He's a, a guy that basically was led by God to, basically he got tired of listening to Job and his friends bellyache, and so he kind of entered, butted in and kind of had, you know, a couple chapters in there where he just basically spoke what he felt God gave him. And uh, he makes, uh, makes it pretty clear in, in Job in 32 and verse 8. <coughs> Let's put that up there. It says, uh, there is a spirit in man. Now, this is Elihu talking to Job and his friends. Uh, there's a spirit in man. I mean, no, you all got a spirit. You're actually, you are a spirit. You possess a soul, right? And you, you live in a body. You're a three-part being. So he brings out, your, uh, there is a spirit in man, and he says, and the breath, come on, of the Almighty gives him understanding. He's talking about that, that every day, if you, you, know, if you let God commune with you, if you let God fellowship, God, every day what God will do is he'll breathe on you. Come on now. I mean, I'm just talking about you standing there and go, <sighs> I'm just mean literally as he communes with you, the breath of God, the breath of life, amen, comes. Well, what's, what's in that? Well, uh, in this particular verse, it says he'll give you understanding, amen, give you clarity about things, give you answers, give you, uh, give you insight about things, amen. And that's what, that's what Elihu started his conversation with, letting me know that the Spirit of God's been breathing into me some things, and, and this is what he's given me, you know. Uh, let's move on to like chapter 33 and verse uh, 4, I believe. Uh, he's still talking, still Elihu talking here. He said, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath, again, of the Almighty gives me life, amen, vibrancy, amen, makes me alive, amen, hallelujah. So uh, I just want to, you know, when you get back now to Genesis, go back to Genesis 3, and uh, so what he's talking about in verse 8 there again, Genesis 3, 8, hallelujah, uh, it says that, in, you know, that uh, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the breath of the day, praise God, amen. So the point is, is that's what it's how it's supposed to work. That if we would just take some time, amen, every day, and let God breathe onto us, amen. Take some time, start talking to Him, start fellowshipping with Him. You'd be amazed at how many times, amen, just by letting God breathe into your life, breathe into your face, so to speak, uh, into your face, uh, so to speak, just breathe the breath of life into you. You might be amazed at how much stress would just go, how much anxiety would go. How many of the, the little problem things that will just go? All of a sudden, he's giving you understanding. All of a sudden, he's bringing, making you alive again. Amen. Giving new, fresh, vibrant life to you again. All these are kind of things that begin to happen if you just spend some time 
communing with God. And again, it is not complicated. Never overcomplicate it. There's simplicity in Christ. Are you still with me? Amen. Well, you just don't understand I've blown it. Well, who hasn't? Well, I'm not where I need to be. Well, there's probably several people not where they need to be. But if you get in the presence of God, you're right where you need to be. Anybody hearing me? And let God breathe into you, praise God. You might be amazed at how much stuff just falls off even if you just spend a little time with God every day. Amen? Still with me? All right. So, so let's see. So they heard uh, the sound of the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Amen. So it says also here it was in the garden. Okay, so let's talk about the garden for just a minute because I think it's worthy of that. Um, in the garden. Uh, what's the garden now? Eden, right? Uh, chapter 2 and verse 8, I believe it is. I want to say, is that right? And they heard the sound of the Lord. Let's see, it would be chapter 2, verse 8. Let's try that one. I think I might have gave you that verse too. Genesis 2, 8. says, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Okay, so, so we know the garden is, is, is in Eden. Okay, everybody say Eden. Does anybody know where Eden is? Right now, it's, it's not... Really not anywhere. Well, clarify that. Not where they had it. Hear me? All right. And that part of the of, of the globe uh, where where they were at is is that's no longer in existence. There isn't Eden there anymore. But Eden still exists. I said Eden still exists. Okay. Now the word Eden. Let's just go ahead and do this real quick because I think it's worthy of this when we start talking about presence. Okay. Uh, Eden, um, the Hebrew word, okay, is, is Eden, okay, so it's, it, basically it's, it's, it's the Hebrew word, and it, uh, when you look at the Hebrew language, the Hebrew language, every letter basically is either a, a statement or a picture, okay, so that's kind of, it's a pretty phenomenal language actually, and, and the alphabet in it is pretty phenomenal, and so the word Eden uh, means a momentary spot where his presence is an open door to heaven. That's what it means. So Eden is still available, but it's in presence. Okay? So it is a momentary spot where his presence is an open door to heaven. So anytime you, you, you tap presence, what you have is Eden. Eden can manifest. Still with me? Now it's worthy of looking at because we, you know, what happened, we're going along and not even realizing what's what's available. A lot of times, you know, we get into prayer, we never tap presence. We just, you know, speed pray. Hello, somebody. Or we uh, you know, we have a um, maybe a list of things we do on a regular basis. There's nothing wrong with petitioning and nothing wrong with because it's all scriptural, nothing wrong with even having your confession of faith and all that. Nothing, we're not taking away from any of that. But somewhere along the line in your time with God, there needs to be one-on-one with you, you and him communicating. Are you still with me? Because and, and some, sometimes we just, we get, we get, we're just creatures of habit. And sometimes we go in, we might even be Holy Ghost people. You know, we go into tongues and we pray in the Holy Ghost and make a couple decorations and hallelujah, move on and we back out of the prayer room. Or your prayer time or your, gar, or your uh, prayer closet or whatever it is you want to call it. But the bottom line is, is what we need is, is we need some time communing with the Father. Anybody hear me? 
presence is necessary, all right? Because it's in presence that you're going to find uh, several things that, and, you know, especially in the context of what we're dealing with, you know, uh, during these midweek services is stress-free living. Man, there's just a lot of stress that could just be gone. Just by spending a few moments with the Lord, letting Him breathe into you. Amen. You with me? Okay. So, uh, anyway, so Eden is that momentary spot where His presence is an open door to heaven. That's what Eden means. All right? So, praise God. Now, okay, uh, presence. Let's go. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what. Put, uh, I think I gave you like Isaiah 51. Maybe we'll just kind of throw that in here because I ain't going to have another time to do it anywhere else in the service. So let's do it here because uh, it deals with Eden. And it says, for the Lord will comfort Zion, which is a type of you know, God's people or the church. A lot of people say it's a type of, of the church of today. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness, talking about Zion here, like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. What do you find? Well, joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. I mean, there ain't nothing stressful about any of that. Let me ask you just a simple question since we're kind of on this. Just, just a thought I'm having. Um, when you think of Eden, do you think stress? I mean, when you, if you stopped and thought, you know what, if, I, if, if, if that place Eden, if I could stand there physically, do you think that there'd be even a moment of stress in you? I don't even think there'd be a, a, a fragment of it. I think you'd step in there and you just go, Climate is perfect. Now, you know, we all have, you know, a place. It's like the woods. Somebody got a, maybe a place, their house, or a place in the house. Your prayer house. Trudy has actually a prayer house. She does. A little 8x8 eight eight prayer house. Or is it a 10x10? Ten ten? That'd be an 8x8. Eight eight. Literally, it's a 8x8 eight eight prayer house. Goes and. Amen. As a. Good time in Jesus, amen. And uh, I got a blue chair in in the in the living room. I'm stuck with the chair. So anyway, it's all good. But uh, that's my place. That's where I go at you know four ish in the morning. That's where I go, and uh, that's uh, nothing else interrupts, distracts. It's a wonderful place. Hallelujah. Some people like the woods. As I said, okay, they go out in the woods. They enjoy that. They feel ah no stress, right? On. That's nothing wrong with that. Some people like the beach. Nothing wrong with that, right? Come on. People have a you know, uh, you know, their shop, their man cave. I'd like to hang out in my man cave longer than I get to, but but you know they're nice once in a while, right? You get to go and tinker and do this and fix this and whatever. Anyway, uh, the point is, praise God. Uh, everybody's kind of got a place, but the thing that we're trying to bring out is that every one of us has this place, God. And God is hoping that you come and fellowship and visit. God will never force you, he'll never force presence on you. Do it. But if you will go and begin to fellowship and commune with him, you'll be amazed. And once you tap presence, it's never the same. 
I mean, I mean you, you're never the same, and you'll never lose that. There's something about that. Amen. You'll, never, you'll always know when you have it and when you don't. Can you hear me? And I mean it. There's just, I mean, so again, it's not complicated, but, but sometimes, you know, you got to get in there and just kind of stay there a bit, commune with God a little bit, and you might be amazed at what begins to happen. But once you tap presence, there's Eden. All right? No stress. In fact, uh, for me, if I, if I am in my prayer time and I feel the least bit stress or anxiety about anything, I know I haven't tapped presence yet. The truth. So then I always go, usually I catch myself. I'm just, you know, getting caught up in something, thinking about something else. Come on, somebody. You put your mouth on autopilot. And usually what I'll do is I stop, and this is what I do. You can do whatever you want to do, but I, I stop, and I apologize. I just say, sir, I know better than that. Sorry for this. I'm, you know, and just put that stuff aside and get where I need to get. And I found if I do that, all that other stuff I was thinking about, stressing about, worrying about, come on, somebody, usually just takes care of itself. Just amazing how much of it will. Or you're in in presence of God, and all of a sudden He just gives you a little nugget, and it just snaps the slack right out of it, and makes it all get where it needs to get. Anybody hear me? All right. So this is all key. All right. So let's uh, back to uh, back to uh, Genesis three and eight. Let's go that Genesis three and eight one more time. Okay. So uh, in the garden, in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife. Uh oh, what'd they do? Oh, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Well, that was that, that's not what you're supposed to do. I said, that's not what you're supposed to do. Okay, so when you talk about presence, what does presence really mean? No, presence is referring to really the face of God, uh, the, you know, face to face. Remember the word even said about Moses, he talked to God as a friend face to face. Amen. Praise God. So the presence, they hid themselves from the presence. So they, they heard the voice of God coming out. Here he is now wanting to talk, wanting to commune. Amen. Like he always does in the cool of the day, right? Breathe the breath of God every day, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Well, because they felt guilty and shame. I said, because they felt guilty and shame. Come on. And so they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And it says that they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. How many know that's pretty significant? Among the trees of the garden. Now, just to, this is why, okay. Uh, because uh, in chapter 2, again, like verse 15-ish, I think is what, I, I don't know, I think I might have gave you that verse. Uh, let's just throw it up there. Uh, Genesis 2, 15, there we go. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to, to what? Tend and keep it, to tend and keep it. Now, it's all significant, okay? And then and it goes on to talk about prior to that, and even after that, talking about the trees and and all that he had, everything he took care of. Okay, the man had to take care of it. The man had to take care of it. Even earlier on, uh, I don't know what, where, which verse it is here, but um, maybe, I'll, uh, well, we can just kind of move on, I guess. But bottom line is, uh, you know, there's the garden. The garden was given to man. All this was given to man, but it was still had to be tended to. Still had to be kept. Hello? So now we got... You know, back in chapter 3, verse 8, we got them hiding in that which God has given them, hiding in the trees which they 
we're, come on, they, they tend to, they keep. Now, all it is is just significant, okay? Because it's all about work and things you put your hands to, and that's what it's referring to. So this is where we're, we're no different than Adam and Eve. We go along and we have a tendency to hide from the presence of God in our work, in our families, in our responsibilities, in things we're accountable for, uh, you know, business ventures, uh, you know, all the kind of things that, that we say, well, you know, we got to do all that. And we, we'll even have a verse for all of it. We all have a verse. Well, you know, the Spirit of God says, you know, you got to tend to your family, take care of your family. You got family that are important. Of course they're important, but not more important than Him. Well, you know, you got you to feed your family. You know, if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, no kidding. Duh. But your God's still more important than your job and your paycheck. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm just saying. So what happens is there's something significant about this because they're hiding themselves among the trees of the garden. It's all symbolic because we've all, we've all been there. We've all done this kind of stuff. Even ministry, I've seen, what's that little cliche years ago I heard, you know, we get so busy with the work of the Lord, we forget about the Lord of the work. Going along, well, I'm doing God's work. Yeah, but when's the last time you talked to Him? When's the last time you, you tapped the presence? When's the last time that God could breathe on you, the breath of life. When was the last time you could breathe something into you, something fresh and vibrant, some fresh insight? Still with me? Did I go to the right place tonight? All right. So this is how it works, all right? So look at your neighbor say, no more hiding. Hallelujah, no more hiding. We're not, uh, we, we, we want presence. We don't want to hide from presence. We don't want to avoid presence. Come on. So put Psalms 140, we'll kick shift gears here, Psalms 140, and verse 13 says, Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name, the upright shall dwell in your presence. Now that word dwell means to reside, to remain, continue, it also means to take residence. It does not refer to some, uh, you know, once in a while, Momentary, he's talking about here uh, uh, taking residence. In other words, you're not just a casual visitor, but you're, you're somebody that, that, that that's presence is, is important to you. Come on, somebody. So they dwell in your presence. That's you and me. We're called to dwell in his presence, not, not avoid it. Now listen, I'm telling you, there's so many things in our life. Raising families, work, schedules school, come on, work around the place, work, you know, the, you know, whatever we're dealing with, hobbies, habits, whatever we're dealing with, come on, somebody, uh, you know, what, it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum we're on, you'd be amazed that if we would just spend some more time in the presence of God, how much God can walk you through things, amen, where you live and walk on a daily basis, stress, Free. Instead of worrying about everything all the time, getting caught up with everything all the time, letting that, that momentary thing, and the word even says that everything in the natural, he says, is all subject to change. It's all temporary, it says. 
We're letting that temporary thing consume us to the point it dictates our life. And it's all subject to change. So what God says, if you just spend a little time with me, you might be amazed how we can get that to change. Get that thing to shift or turn or, or become better or become more fruitful instead of something that, that constantly distracts you now. Now it's doing something, praise God, and it's fruitful and producing something. Amen. Are you still with me? All right, so let's talk about presence a little bit. We'll wrap it up with that today. So we'll, let's go to, uh, let's see, let's go to Acts 3. Um, of course, this is a text that we used a lot last year uh, dealing with uh, restoration and, and uh, talking about that. But we're going to uh, look at it again today when we're dealing with presence. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that, here we go, times of refreshing. Everybody say times of refreshing. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In other words, you know, the whole thing he's dealing with here, just, you know, watch just Put everything behind us, settle things, stop, pause, change, turn. Let's just move toward God, amen, draw toward God. He'll draw towards you, amen. So if you do that, amen, times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. So times of refreshing. How many could use some more times of refreshing? The word times is the word kairos here, which means, you know, that, 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 that momentary thing, that, that time of, that can literally shift and change a life, amen. And that's usually anytime you see kairos in, in the picture, it's usually, it's either going to be where a person or an individual is, is there's a, a transition in their life from one, from one place to another place, or something shifts and changes altogether, it always comes out of a kairos moment. Something where God had an inroad, and that moment, God, wham, did something, oh, all of a sudden, life's different instantly. Life is no longer like it was 30 seconds ago, Amen. Because Kairos comes on the picture. So God's trying to say, if you will spend more time with me, we'll have more of those Kairos moments. And what comes out of that is times of refreshing, praise God. I like refreshing. How many, anybody else? Well, you know, you think about so many of these Christians that look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. Come on now. Come on, like they ain't got no, I'm sick, I can't do anything fun, I can't be anything. Oh, well, I'll go to church, I guess. Go hear the preacher and, you know, go praise the Lord, hallelujah. Huh? If that's what it is, you need a little bit more presence. Come on, somebody. Come on now, because you need a time of refreshing, amen, that comes where, from where? The presence of the Lord, right? So, again, the word refreshing define it it means to revive speaks of revival to recover literally means this a recovery of breath Isn't that cool a recovery of breath amen praise god hallelujah and where does it come from presence right amen i mean you think about this when you even just kind of think about it coming from that angle i mean have you have you ever been you know you ever been sucked under the water and uh without breath and for a split second there, come on. Some of you say, oh, I feel like that every day of my life. Well, that could be. That could be, right? And that's true. You feel like you're under it, and you're constantly trying to fight to get a breath. Amen. And I've uh, been there. I've oh, been underwater before where I got my foot caught in a deal, in a, in, and we were rafting, and I um, got my foot caught in a rock. And, of course, they tell you in the very beginning, if you ever get out of the boat, never put your feet down. Put your feet up. Well, how come? 
because you'll get it caught in the rocks. Oh, well, I've experienced that firsthand, obviously forgot. So I went under, and there was a split second there. I'm thinking, I may not come back up. But praise ye the Lord, I obviously came back up. <laughs> a little bit beat up and a little bit scratched up from, uh, from I guess they call it the meat grinder. It, it definitely did that to you. But the point is, is that that's sometimes we feel like that in life. You know, you're under, you're fighting for breath, and it's because everything's overwhelming you. It could be, you know, health issues, financial issues, kid issues, you know, relational issues, you know, uh, emotional issues, all these things that try to, try to just, you know, take your breath away. So God says, why don't you come into my presence and I'll give you a recovery of breath, breathe into you. A fresh breath, and you can have it every day. Amen? I said you can have it every day. And then that whole that thing in life doesn't seem so overwhelming anymore. And usually what ends up happening, he begins to talk to you about those things, walk you through those things. Pretty, pretty soon you start realizing some things are not just, you know, all that important. Come on. Remember what happened when, uh, you know, when, when uh, Martha got distracted, right? Come on. She was even doing good things. She was serving, and she got distracted, it said, with much serving. Think, well, you know, she's trying to help people, and, and she probably had a verse. That's why she felt she could chew Jesus out. Jesus, come to the kitchen. See my sister in there? Tell that woman, get her fanny in here and help me. He interrupted Jesus while he's preaching. Because she, this is so important. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you just don't get it, do you? Come on. What Mary's doing is the priority. Don't worry. The turkey won't burn. Come on. Don't worry. Huh? Table will get set. Don't worry. It'll all be fine. You need to be doing what she's doing. But see, that's what happens when you feel like you're under. Pretty soon, everything else tries to distract enough that it dictates and wants to say, I'm the priority. God says it ain't the priority. If you spend more time with me, you'd realize it ain't the priority, and it wouldn't overwhelm you as much. Come on, right? Everything has a voice. I said, everything has a voice. Even your wallet, if you don't watch it, it'll, it'll, it'll start dictating. It has a voice. It'll scream at you, but sometimes a little muffled because it's in the pocket. But what about us? I need more in here. Come on. That little problem, it always screams at you. It'll wake you up early in the morning, put you to bed at night. And once in a while, I'll even tap you on the shoulder in the middle of the night and say, remember, I'm here. Right? Anybody ever had those? Well, how do you get rid of that stuff? Well, there's only one way, really, presence. Pretty soon, it all takes its rightful place. Amen? We're not, we're not saying there ain't something there you have to handle. We're not saying that, that, that what you're dealing with 
uh, isn't a, a real issue. We're not saying that that thing there might be uh, legitimately something we need to look at or pray about or handle. We're not taking away from any of that. We're just saying if you spend more time in the presence of God, you might be amazed at what is the priorities and what is not the priorities. Come on. And you'd be amazed how many times God will just walk you through those pressure moments, amen, without stress, without tension, without fatigue. Come on. That's how it's meant to work, amen. So times are refreshing, all right. Now, verse 21, let's go ahead and put that in there because I felt like, uh, you know, it, we, this is kind of what, you know, last year we spent a lot of time with this verse too. And also he sees the times of restoration. Well, you know, it didn't change. It's still spending time with God, communing with God. And it talked about times of refreshing, times of restoration of all things. So restoration, I want to just throw that one in there. It means restitution or the returning or making good of everything or making things whole. Look at this. It means to restore as it should be. So just, just think about that, too. You know, God's not only bringing refreshment, but restoration. See, some of those things need restored, right? Some of those things that are stressing you out are things God needs to get in the middle of and change it. Right? But you're over here working so hard to make this thing change and work this thing and make it fixed. And oh, my gosh, how doesn't anybody know what I'm going through? The whole time God says, yo, yo, whoa, Martha, settle down. Come on. God knows that needs fixed. God needs, knows that needs to be made whole. So also are those times of restoration, praise God. I like restoration. A lot of cool things when God gets in the middle of it. Amen. What happens, right? Recovery. Think about all what God can do. You know, just one, what's it? One of our uh, ministries that we support, uh, their word is this. They've been saying it for years. One word from God can change your life forever. One word from God. It's amazing. One word from God. So just getting with God, spending time, letting God breathe on you could be just one word. You turn something around, all of a sudden, you got the answer. Amen. God's good. Have you ever had something that just all it took was just a, a minute little tweak? And it was just usually it's in our own thinking. Am I the only one? Come on, right? I mean, it, just, it was just that little bit. Of, and, and it's like all of a sudden you see it different now. You know? I always think about the, uh, you know, the, the angels of God that, that, are, that, that, that cruise around the throne of God constantly going, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And the words, word says they, they do it constantly. It, it never stops. And every time they come around again, they have a whole fresh, vibrant, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is, holy, holy, holy. You'd think, boy, that'd get old. But to them, it doesn't get old because every time they come around, they see a different facet of God. The manifold presence of the point I'm trying to make with that is that just sometimes getting with God, you just it's amazing how all of a sudden God just kind of takes you somewhere and lets you look at something in just a little bit different perspective. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got it. You know? It's just amazing. Just, it's all it takes. 
But the whole time you were out there stressing about it and worried about it and worked up about it. And all it took was just a few seconds in the presence of God. Done. And usually when that stuff happens for me, I think, why didn't I come here sooner? Right? Why did I wait a whole nother day? Come on, somebody. Should have just right then just went in the presence of God and just hung out there for a few minutes. Amen. All right, so anyway, praise the Lord. So times of refreshing, times of restoration, these are things you find in the presence of God. Psalm 16, here's a common one, Psalm 1611, talking about the presence of God, right? You will show me the path of life. In your presence is, oh, fullness of joy. I'll make you use a little bit of that. So in the presence of God, you have fullness of joy. Okay, so uh, the word fullness, we're just a little word study, of course. Actually, back it up, maybe just the word life there, the path of life just means uh, alive or something that's fresh or vibrant, a living thing. So the path of life, vibrancy, that which is alive, amen, is in your presence then is fullness, okay, satisfaction even. Uh, to satisfy, sati- to be satisfied or satisfying, okay, so soba is the, is the Hebrew word. Uh, so the fullness or satisfaction of joy, all right, joy, simcha. All right, it just means exceedingly joyful, gladness, glee, festive, you know, rejoicing. But what it does, it overrides tension. Sometimes you just need a little more joy. You ever notice that some, you know, it's just like we had in our Holy Ghost of Fire night the other night. You know, all of a sudden we had, you know, just the Holy Ghost. There's just a few moments and it was just the laughter just hit in a few spots, you know. And it's like, and all of a sudden, just all tension leaves. Because it's like, oh, it's awesome. Right? I mean, it's amazing. It's just the fullness of joy when it, when it does come in. Tension goes, fatigue goes, all of a sudden you got strength again. So just think about how many times you know, we maybe miss out on that because we just won't take a little bit of time and tap presence. Amen. Amen. Walk around in the garden a little bit. Come on, somebody, and get the fullness of joy. Amen. There's a lot of sad things out there. I don't know if you know it. A lot of, ang- a lot of you know, things that will make you angry out there. A lot of weird people, weird things, weird stuff, that, things that happen that you think, why are they doing that? Why do they say that? Why do they do that? What's going on in there? Do people really think that way? All that stuff. You think, if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're caught up in it. You must ponder why others are the way they are. Spirit of God says, please don't go there. Don't go there. Put your thoughts somewhere else. Right? So when you have presence, fullness of joy comes on the scene, and all of a sudden, it's like it doesn't, all that other stuff doesn't matter. And so joy hits the scene. All right? I like joy. Anybody like joy? Praise God. There's no stress in joy. When joy hits the scene, all stress just disappears. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore pleasures okay so what does that mean uh means that that which is pleasant even uses the word sweet sweet that's sweet yeah so sweet pleasures and i just you know to me i think about um you know the senses and everything you know it talks about that could be things that could be whatever but all it does is that the idea of of pleasures forevermore is and, and really even 
fullness of joy is kind of does the same thing in here. But when you see this verse, I always think of all your senses are activated the way they're supposed to be. Because when, you know, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, somehow, somehow God wants it to be to the point that even your senses are involved. Come on, right? Come, we could get buffaloed by our senses all the time. But God says, I want to kind of, you know, override that a little bit and show you what it's really like. What it, what it really tastes like and what you can see it, what it's supposed to be seen like and, and even smell like. Or, come on. I mean, it's amazing how many of your senses, when you tap presence, because you stop and you think about it, you're walking in a garden. All your senses are activated. Come on, you ever went up to a lamb's ear thing? I'm talking about the plants. I'm not talking about the actual lamb's ear. Maybe you've done that too. But anyway, it's like, I don't care. It's like, I always got to go. Oh, sorry, I'm a man. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess it's still. I think about you getting a garden, a full garden. If it's a garden of Eden, I mean, your senses are going to be activated. You're going to want to smell everything, touch everything, look at everything. Come on. You can see a field over there. Oh, 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 the river. I mean, come on. Don't tell me you wouldn't do that. God says you spend a little time with me and all your senses are activated and done right. Instead of being all caught up with everything else, all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's all the good. So fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore, praise God. All happens in presence, praise God. All right, so does that one work for you? All right, let's try another one. All right, let's try another one. All right, so let's do, uh, let's do uh, Exodus 33. How about that? And this is, of course, God communicating with, with uh, Moses. And so um, uh, just prior to this, uh, Moses was in the temple, uh, in the tabernacle, I should say, tabernacle, tabernacle of meeting. It was just a tent. And uh, so he leaves, and he's still having a communication with, with God. And uh, uh, Joshua actually stayed in the, in the tent of meeting at this particular time. Word says he, he was pretty accustomed to doing that. But even at times when Moses would leave, Joshua would still stay. Key because Joshua was the one that actually took the children of Israel into the promised land. Pretty key. Come on. Because Joshua understood presence. Thought. But, you know, you think about that next generation. Uh, you know, he even when Moses would walk out, Joshua a lot of times would stay. So just, you know, just a thought. So anyway, he, Moses is now communicating a little bit with, with, uh, with God. And uh, he said this, what the father said to him, my presence will go with you, because he had Moses had a question for him. So he answered, my presence will go with you. He said this, look at this, and I will give you rest. That's a good thing, right? I mean, some days it's like, whoo, yeah, that's what I need. So rest. So what does this word rest mean? Um, so. What was he talking about when he was talking to Moses here? 
So uh, nuach is, is the Hebrew word. This means uh, literally to settle down, speaks of quietness. Come on, it means to give comfort. Uh, it means also to cease from, here we go, cease from toil or stress. Okay, so that fits pretty good here, doesn't it? And that's why he said, you know, be still, right? Psalms 46, be still and know that I'm God. So that's what happens. You kind of come into that place, amen. So he says that, you know, in my presence, there's rest, amen. So I think about even that physically, um, you know, it works. Uh, I don't sleep a lot. I, I'm actually sleeping more now than I used to. All right, my wife's going to praise God. But I don't sleep much, not because of stress or anything like that. I just don't sleep much. And so, uh, but when I'm in presence, I mean, I walk out of presence, I'm, I'm refreshed. And so it, it's like that added boost. And, uh, and it's even before I have my cup of coffee. <laughs> so in, in his presence is um, a rock star. What else? Red Bull. <laughs> Is that the other one? Red Bull. I don't know. Or Blue Bull or whatever. Are they Red Bulls? Red Bulls? I don't know. So you'd be amazed that when you get in the presence of God, all of a sudden, poof. I mean, you come alive. Amen. He gives you rest. Amen. Of course, with everything Moses was dealing with, he needed that. Praise God. I need that. I need that thing. I, I'm tired of all this weighing on me. And so he had rest when he would spend time with God. So I, just, I think that's pretty key, right? How I many could use the rest? Are you still with me or not? Am I boring you tonight? All right. Psalms 89. Let's look at another one. Verse 14 and 15. We'll do this. Righteousness and justice are in the foundation of your throne. Let's see. Maybe I'll turn to that one. <clears throat> All right. So righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Right? So everything, you know, it's all about what's right. Just, right? But it says this, mercy and truth go before your presence or your face. Okay? Blessed are the people, verse 15, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance or your presence. So back up to verse 14, it says, mercy and truth go before your face or your presence. So the word mercy, let's just look at them. It's, it's the word, <coughs> the word uh, mercy here is the Hebrew word hasid. It means covenant kindness. It also means a compassion. But it means godly favor and goodly deeds. Definitions of it. Godly favor and goodly deeds. Okay? So anytime mercy, come on now, mercy is going to be there. Remember, in you know, we even know that according to, um, this is something we'll probably talk more about on Sunday, but in, in, in uh, you know, talks about it that you know, at the throne, the, he calls it the throne of grace is, uh, you know, four and is it verse 16, I believe it is, you know, uh, talks about, you know, that, you know, you'll find and or you'll, 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 you'll have mercy and you'll find grace in time of need. You obtain mercy, right, and then find grace in time of need. So mercy's there, amen, at the throne, all right, or in his presence, all right. So mercy is always there. I'll make you use a little bit of mercy once in a while. Come on, you just be amazed. You just get in the presence, mercy's there, 
All right. Now, remember that mercy is not just, you know, it's not just to say, okay, you're forgiven thing, but it's, it goes beyond that. All right. So it's godly favor and goodly deeds. It's the covenant kindness and compassion. All right. Why? Because you're covenant children. So mercy and then truth, right, is there. The word truth, are you still doing okay? Emeth, okay, is the word, Hebrew word. Uh, it just it means everything from stability, sureness, and certainty to what's right or rightness. And it uses even words like trustworthy or faithful. So in God, you can always know you can count on him. He's always stable. Come on, somebody. He's always right. He's always trustworthy. He's always faithful, always sure. Come on, somebody. So the mercy of God and the truth go before your face or your presence. Amen. So also, you know, when you stop and you think about it, you know, um, you know, insight, help, it's all there. Okay, Mercy is always that thing that kind of, you know, covers your past, and grace is always that thing that kind of empowers your future. But along with that is going to come a thing called truth. Amen. Because God knows what needs to be done, how to do it, how to say it, how to, come on, all that stuff with it. So the bottom line is, again, just kind of repeating what we said earlier, uh, but you, anytime with God, you'd be amazed how God just walk you through things. And God's sure and stable. He's not, he's not, he's not, a, he's not wavering. He's not flaky. Come on, we might be a little flaky at times. We might be a little up and down at times, but he's not. And so he will always have a right answer, a right thing. He can always walk you through it. And sometimes, you know, just being around that which is stable is security. Think about everything going on in your life, and it's just, you know, it's like the little kid. You know, everything's going on, but all of a sudden they latch onto dad's leg. Just for a few moments, they're just going to say, okay, everything's cool. All right. Back up with life. Here we go. But sometimes it's no different than with our Heavenly Father. Sometimes you just get around, He's just stable, trustworthy, He's faithful. Sometimes just being around Him and you get in the presence of God, all of a sudden there's security that comes because He is trustworthy, He is faithful, He's merciful, He's truthful. Come on, somebody. He's not up and down. He's not wavering, praise God. He's always uh, in line and in check. Come on, somebody. So I think that's a good thing. Amen? Doing all right? All right, praise God. So uh, let me let me just kind of give you, you know, a few things here, verses, and we'll let you go here. So Psalms, put Psalms 27 and 8, put that up there real quick. Read a few verses out of Psalms here. Uh, when you said, seek my face, we're talking about presence, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. So I'm hoping that's what goes on in you tonight, amen, that you feel this way, amen, feel the desire and the, the understanding and the need to be in the presence of God. Talk to God face-to-face -face as a friend would uh, talk with a friend. Praise God. Amen. Let's go uh, put the Psalms uh, uh, 46 and 10. I already quoted it earlier, but be still and know that I'm God, right? I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Amen. Be still. Stop. Pause once in a while, right? And know. It literally means to stop, to experience, discover, and discern something. Amen. So if you just learn sometimes, be still. Don't get me wrong. You can, you can pray on the fly. There ain't no, there's no... There's no, uh, you know, we're not taking that away. But I find a lot of times people, you know, they're, uh, they're praying as they quickly shower and praying as they, you know, as they, they get in the car and praying as they drive down the road. And you know as well as I do, you're just, you're as distracted as they get. Come on. You might get a few things done, but most of the time, amen, 
we're, we're, we're just kind of got our mouth on autopilot. Come on now. So there's got to be moments in there somewhere along the line where you got to learn how to be still at presence. Deal with me? In fact, the more you do it, the easier it gets. I always tell the story of how it started for me because I always heard uh, ministers that I respected talk about presence, and I and I you know I was always quick to pray. I had no problem praying. I had no problem you know stepping up and getting my declarations of faith and standing and, and declaring and and, and and beating devils up and hallelujah, man. This presence thing, this. What are they talking about? I remember one day, okay, and this is my story, you do whatever you do, you do it. I remember literally I said, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm doing. All of a sudden, I'm in a hallway, white hallway. It's got umpteen doors all the way down the hall. Literally, I'm just like, and I knew in my heart I had to walk that hallway. So I walked that hallway, and I knew in my heart, when I got to the end of that hallway to the right, there was a door. And I just knew in my heart, I had to, I swear I had to go. So I had to go through that door. So I went through that door, all of a sudden, I was in presence. And it was different. Different ballgame. Her time's different. Not like what it used to be. So the next day, where are you going? <laughs> find the hallway, find the hallway, find the hallway. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> I'm like, just get to the hallway. I know which door. Oh, and, and it, like, you know, again, I was just making it way too complicated. And so I kind of, you know, after a little bit of straining, I kind of realized, just settle down. And all of a sudden, I was there again, down the hallway, went in, here we go again. Okay, now I don't have to go to the hallway. Come on. I don't have to go through the door anymore. Come on. I get this presence. But, but it was how God, with me, showed me, amen, because I was, you know, because of where I was at, that's what he did for me. And it was because, you know, so it, it, it worked. And, yeah, it is a place. It is a secret place. Come on, Psalms 91 talks about it. Jesus talks about it. Amen, in, in, in the model prayer. Amen, that, that secret place. Amen. So, amen. So, when you go to your secret place with him, it could look different. I don't know. But the bottom line is, it is a different ball game when you tap presence. But somewhere along the line, in order to do that, you've got to learn how to, once in a while, be still. Amen. Be okay with it. Come on. Well, you know, we're all busy. Oh, got so much. I ain't got time for all that. Believe me, if you just, just do it, you might be amazed at how much time, how much time God redeems of yours and how many things shift and change. All of a sudden, you got time now. Or, or you'll find that it isn't as complicated as you thought. And all of a sudden, you know, just a few minutes in the presence of God changes your whole day. So it's just, anyway, so praise the Lord. Let's just do a couple more and I'll let them go here. Uh, Psalm 62 and 5, I just thought this would be good. My soul, I love that, waits silently for God alone. Amen. So in other words, he's, he's talking to himself. You know, that's when 
Like when uh, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What's he doing? He's trying to make himself. He's like, I am not going to gripe and complain. I will bless God. Well, here he's saying, soul, wait silently for God alone. Stop getting all antsy, all worked up about everything. Just settle down here. For my expectation or my hope or my anticipation in him. So, Amen. So, uh, you know, so just sometimes you just got to tell yourself, settle down. You ever done that? Sometimes I tell myself, shut up. You ever done that? Sometimes it's me talking. Sometimes it's, you know, the enemy. And so whatever. Sometimes my statement is just shut up, devil. Sometimes it's Jerry. Just shut up, Jerry. Settle down. Stop going where we belong. And sometimes you just got to do that. I said, sometimes you just got to do that. Just taking authority, taking dominion sometimes of your quiet time with God. All right, so what's what's next here? I got one more I thought maybe I threw one at you. Yeah, it is. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, why is that so key? Because there, you'd be amazed if just by being thankful, amen, and just giving God some praise, Sometimes that's just the key right there that just kind of locks the door and you just walk right in because you just you just start thanking him for who he is and and it's just amazing. It just helps. I mean it just it just creates a better atmosphere. Amen. And you'll find yourself it's better to be thankful than a grumbler gripes. Come on. So I mean there's a lot of things to gripe about. Don't get me wrong. I I, I have a bunch of things too. You do too. We all got stuff we could spend all day griping about, but in all honesty, it's just it's just better to be more thankful than gripey and gripey a word it is now. Anyway, so did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you, and we'll let you go here. I don't know if our youth are back yet or not, but uh, anyway. Uh, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor today. Once again, thankful for your word and thankful for these principles. And, Lord, we're thankful for your presence. So, Father, I just thank you and hope tonight, again, we stirred the hearts of, of the believers here today, those here and those listening and watching by Internet, Lord God, uh, just, for the, just for the need to, to have more time in your presence. And so, Father, I just give you praise for that. Uh, Lord, I just, again, I pray for everybody, uh, Lord, that they find that secret place, Lord God, uh, by being still and just, just find that, help them uh, find that place. Praise God. Hallelujah. So they're never the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I give you the praise and the glory for it. Father, once again, thank you for what you're doing in our life, what you're about to do. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.